Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. just what the Lord put on my heart last night. Is there an area in your life that you would like to increase in? Yes. Okay. Maybe there's something that you could do without. It could possibly be blocking the blessing. There's certain things that we know that unfortunately, if we tolerate, eventually they will torment. You've heard me say what you tolerate becomes your standard, but none of us should set a standard for being uh, a standard of suffering, right? In, in the wrong context. Yes, we suffer for Christ. That's different. But sometimes we place ourselves in situations and we block, block the blessing because not everything is always beneficial. And God has given us clear instructions in how to live a life of increase. You may have uh, viewed something in the past as maybe it wasn't a bad thing, but you can agree it's not beneficial in the present. You with me? Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not beneficial right now. And God wants to turn even our burdens into blessings. Isn't that awesome? That is the God that we serve in the business of taking burdens and turn them into blessings. And you'll see that. So I want to step into uh, and possess God's promises for my life, for my family life. And I know you men want to do the same thing. Some of you are in transition and God is calling you into a different season. And you want to make sure that you transition well. And just like the Israelites had to transition into the promised land, there, there's a certain way that you need to do it if you want to prosper and receive the blessings that God has in store for you. So we're going to look at some instructions to increase. And I mean, that's the whole Bible, is it not? Is this not instruction to increase? So we're just, we're just getting a taste in Deuteronomy today. So a uh, little context, this is after the exodus from Egypt. Israel was at Mount Sinai for one year, and they entered into a covenant with God. Then they had their journey through the wilderness, and the exodus generation was disqualified, right, from the promised land. Why? Because they didn't do it God's way. They didn't take the, they could have had the promised land right from the beginning, but they thought that they were going to get blessing without any battle. It doesn't work that way. It wasn't going to be handed to them on a silver platter. Even when they came back with the fruit, what did they focus on? The fortified cities and the giants, as opposed to focusing on God, right? So we all have giants in our life, but we need to focus on God. He's bigger than all of that and anything that we may face. So let's not limit what God wants to do in us and through us, right? So the book of Deuteronomy begins with Moses standing in front of the next generation with the Torah, which was the first four, four books of the Bible, because we're now we're into Deuteronomy, right? But the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And it's, and he explains its design and he explains its purpose. And the book, in a sense, is, um, well, it is, not in a sense. It's a bunch of speeches that Moses gives and shares um, the laws that they must follow in order to experience liberation, to experience freedom, and experience blessing. So he also adds a series of other laws. And this is where the book gets his name. The Greek word is, I'm not going to say it right, but Deuteronomian. I can spell it for you, but that's about it. Deuteronomian, but Darren say, just say it like you know how, how to say it and then everyone will believe it. Okay. Which means second law. Okay. So the book actually means in the Greek means second law. Moses shared how the previous generation was rebellious and how God brought on his justice, but didn't neglect the covenant that he still has with them. 
So he calls on this generation to be more faithful than their parents were. Got it? Okay, let's start off with verse 11 in your notes. Verse 11, the, ho- the houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. You will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant when you have eaten your fill in this land. And then uh, that also came with a caution there that, that Rick shared, which is really good. Um, you know, this is, God wants to take us from a place of burden to a place of blessing. That's what he did with the Israelites. They were oppressed. They were burdened for 400 years. Okay. This was the promise. There's, and there's that process, right? That's the first point from burden to blessing. And just like the Israelites, um, there comes a time when we will see a transfer of treasure, a transfer of treasure. It's, and I think there's, there's people in the house that can say, have you, has some of you received some transfer of treasure lately that you just feel like, man, I bet, yeah, Dell, come on, no one else, Jason, where you've just been like, man, I didn't, I didn't do anything to earn this personally, you know, like, but I've been blessed. I'm not talking specifically like, oh, did it come from the wicked? No, no, I'm saying, was there, has there been a, yeah, Delton, Andrew, awesome, because uh, Garth, the, Jason, this is evidence. We need, we need to see that. We need to recognize that every good thing comes from God and it's already happening. Okay. So it's not like, Oh man, I can't wait till the time. And no, it's happening. It's happening. And there is success that will leave clues that you could probably see that a lot of these men are doing that we are called to do that is relevant to us now, not just them stepping into the promise, but the same promises that were given to Abraham that are given for us. Okay. So. Proverbs 13.22 says, Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Right? So we have the, we like to quote that one about the, you know, the, the, the wealth passing from the wicked to the godly. That's the verse. That's just a different translation of the same verse. Our part in the promise is to remain faithful with what God has given us and obedient if we wish to obtain yeah, that's why I brought up the, 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 with the talents, because at the end, the man that took the talents, invested the talents, and, and gave back to the master, gave back to the Lord more than what was entrusted in them and given to them, said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, the wicked one did nothing with what was given to him. He just sat on it. He literally buried it in the sand. He said, I was scared of you. Wrong kind of fear. Wrong kind, not a reverence fear, like fear that paralyzed him from doing anything. Not the godly reverence that we'll be talking about. If he had the reverence and he believed that the master believed in him, that's why he entrusted him with it. It wasn't just some random, uh, you, you, and you, here's some money, see what you do. No, he worked with the master. God knows when he entrusts you with people and things, he knows your capability. More importantly, he knows his capability in you, right? So, there is, there's a two part. It's always the end. It's not, we're just going to be part of our being faithful is faithfulness with what is given us. So again, God has given us all different things, different amounts, but each according to what our ability. You with me? Okay. I'm, I'm tying in two different scriptures now that weren't in my notes here. Sorry. Um, so the riches comes to those who are righteous. Riches comes to those who are righteous. Yes, we are made righteous through who? Christ. Thank you very much, Rick. We are made righteous through Christ. To live righteous means to also do what's right. 
I mean, this isn't rocket science, okay? I'm just putting it out there. It's like the Proverbs, right? Like, whoa, it's true. To live righteous means to do what's right, right? So uh, we must also understand, like, the verse of the day. How many got the verse of the day today? Oh, what a setup. Come on, who went to the Bible instead of the beans? Man, I had the temptation, you know, at 3.30 in the morning, I still default to the, uh, and I see the coffee, and I think, Christ, <laughs> you told those men, oh, yeah, that's right, Lord, I'm convicted, where's my, my eyes are all squinty, and then I go to the, there it is, the app's right there, verse of the day, and it was First John 2, verse 6, if we wish to continue to be blessed and receive a transfer, come on, Sorry, that's my version. Sorry. Those who say they will live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. If you want to live in God, you need to live your life as Christ is. So if we wish to continue to be blessed and receive a transfer of ownership, we must be obedient. Oh, that's good. I don't know if I put that in your notes, but you should write that down. If you want a transfer of ownership, you need to be obedient. If you want the wealth of the wicked then you need to be obedient with the wealth the Lord has given you. Are you with me? You got to steward what he's given you. Faithful in little before faithful in much. Wow, this is good. I don't know if it's just for me, but. So the problem with the previous generation was they expected to be blessed without the battle. And they're, trust me, there's Christians that are out there too. They expect to be blessed without a battle. Or even, even uh, you know, some people like, oh, I became a Christian. Everything's going to be easy now. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Brian? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Dell? Like, is it, is it? No, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart for he has overcome the world. You know what? The enemy always saw your potential. The problem was you didn't see it in yourself. And then once you recognize it and there's an awakening, now you be actually become a threat. So when you're ready to transfer, there's going to be a threat. The enemy knows that God wants to, he's like, oh, God has always wanted to bless you. He's always been ready to bless you. He's been standing at the door. He's been knocking. And finally, you open the door, and the enemy's like, ah! And he's trying to jump in the way, get in the way, stop the blessing, and stop the transfer. He's like trying to hack it with hell. <laughs> right? He's trying to stop the transfer. But the transfer, you can't stop the transfer. Well, you can. You can stop the transfer. If you don't trust, oh my goodness. The only thing that will stop the transfer is our lack of trust. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding and always acknowledge him. He'll make your pastoring. Trust the truth and then you'll have the transfer. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Victory is the Lord's and we must learn to fight from a place of victory and get ready to receive the fruit. Any men ready to fight? Yeah, you thought I'd go straight to the fruit, right? No, no, I'm saying, are you ready to fight? Come on, we're going into the men's conference. The theme for the men's conference is going to be men up. Men up. And I'm actually going to ask the sound team to play the exact same song that they played when you guys were coming in on your way out. Are you there, Coach DJ? Play that song at the very end. Not now. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> That song you played, I want you to play it again at the end. It's going to be our theme song. So will you be ready? Will you be ready? And will you know what to do when the blessing comes? Because it's coming. 
Will you be ready? Where what happens when somebody, what happens when you actually get what you've been praying for? Will you be ready? Lord, I didn't work for this. I know, but I'm going to bless you because you've been faithful with what I've been giving you. Will you be ready? Verse 18, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so all will go well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. It's still for us, guys. So here, number two, is the process to the promise. Process, there's always a process to the promise. And there's always problems (laughs) in the middle of it, right? There's a process to the promise, and there's a problem. There's a design. You know, when um, Dale gets blueprints and his team have to build something, I guarantee you it never goes always as they planned. You know, something doesn't always add up on site versus the plans they've been given. Is that not true? Right? But the plans is still the plan. This is what the product needs to look like. You need to make it work. Oh, but Lord, they didn't give me enough of the right material. (laughs) Come on. I'm short. Do something about it. Figure it out. Figure it out. Every problem is an opportunity in disguise. Figure it out. Who are you trusting in right now? Are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in the Lord? Anyway, I don't know, it just came to me. Do what is right in the Lord's sight, then you will enter and occupy. But too many times we believe, again, to be what's right in our sight, not in God's sight, right? In our sight, on our, for our benefit. But without stepping into God's word, guess what happens? We slip on the ways of the world. If we don't step on God's word, we don't step into God's word, we slip on the ways of the world, the things that seem right to man that lead to death and destruction. We might do what the government thinks that is right, or our boss thinks that is right, or even our family and our friends think that is right, but we must know in full what God says is right. Otherwise, it'll be like Jesus in the wilderness when Satan did the exact same thing. Didn't doesn't the scripture say? Come on, right? You better know it. You better own it. Because otherwise, you're going to have misalignment. And you're going to miss your assignment. Right? You got that assignment. You understand it. But something's misaligned. Right? Context, context. Know the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Don't stand on your worries. Don't slip on the ways of this world. And I'm just, I'm throwing up there. I'm not saying, I'm not labeling and saying this, your boss is wrong. The government's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Know the word of God so that they come into an alignment. Know the character of the person that is giving the statements and telling you, know a tree by its fruit. Is this a godly man, a godly woman, someone that has reverence for the Lord? That's probably the first step that you need to be aware of. I'm telling you, man, I had this discussion with somebody who's not a believer, and it made sense to him yesterday. And I said, there are non-negotiables in my life because I am taught to guard my heart above all else because everything flows from it. So I don't care how good you are at finances, how good you are at fitness, how good you are, um, you know, recreationally and having fun. If Lord, if God is not Lord over your life, we got a problem. Not that we can't be friends, but I would be naive to think that I can take and just take the meat from the bones 
And none of that is going to affect me and my family in the way that I treat my wife and the way that I honor my God and the way that I commit to the covenant of this church. You with me? If it makes sense to a non-believer, it should definitely make sense to us, right? I had, um, I'll share this. I had an opportunity with my youngest son, not youngest, second youngest, number three, Oliver. There's not many. Oliver and I showed up uh, yesterday morning. We're unlocking the gates to the church. I'm going to tell you, this is how God works. We're unlocking the gates, and I hear this scream and this cry saying, get off me, call the police. And I look directly across into our neighbor's RV, and there is a man beating a woman. I'm with Oliver. If I wasn't with Oliver, I would have ran across the street. But I yelled at the top of my lungs, cut it out! And he stopped immediately, and he ran like a coward into the house. I said, Oliver, go get my phone right now. Oliver got my phone, called 911, stayed on the phone with dispatch. Within a minute, the police showed up. I identified the man. I could see the man. I could see the woman. And it doesn't end there. Then I go back to laying sod. And this young girl, I won't say her name, I know it, walks out front. And I could see that she's, she's scared and she's worried. And I said to her, are you Okay. She stopped for a moment, and she was shooken up. And I said, would you like to come in and have a coffee, sit down for a bit? And I explained to her. I got to minister to her, explained to her, that's not right. She shared with me she's been in several abusive relationships. Her father abused her mother. But I said, what you tolerate becomes your standard, and this is not right in the Lord's sight. This is not how he designed for you to be in relationship with a godly man. So again, there's the ways of this world and what we tolerate can become our standard. But if we don't stand up and we don't do what's right and we don't, if people don't come in alignment with it, we are called to treat our spouse the way that Christ loved the church and he gave his life up for her. And so I got to minister to her and you're probably going to see her here today. I won't point her out. But she's going to come. And so the truth is, the word of God. And it is the word of God that sets us free, John 8, 31 to 32. So we must do what it says, otherwise we are only fooling ourselves. There's opportunities that go outside of our day-to-day and outside of our boundaries where we miss God's blessing because we just look at, well, you know, well, I'll pray to, I pray that God will just, you know, that will heal that relationship. Yeah, that's good. But when you're in a position to stand up for what's right and say, no, enough is enough, and to set the boundaries and to speak the truth, you speak the truth. I even told her, I'll meet with that guy. We can go have coffee. I'm not going to break his legs. I'll talk to him. We'll have a discussion. But until he becomes a godly man and repents, he said, don't go back there. I said, again, I quoted Proverbs 4.23, years above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Guard your heart. Yes, you need to love him, but you don't have to let him in. Anyway, the Lord led me there for some reason. So that's for somebody this morning. So you can't be foolish and expect to be fruitful, <laughs> right? Back to our scripture. You can't be foolish. And before we can step into the blessing, we must first step up in godly stature. 
And that means stepping out of our business into God's. Guess what? God's business is not a nine to five. God's business isn't a Sunday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. God's business is all the time. And if you're faithful with your unexpected plans, God always had a plan, and you're always stepping into his, he will bless you. You know, we're going we're gonna to be, I, I'm still believing for, for healing. I know that man needs Jesus. I know, that, I know a bit of his backstory too. His father also beat his mother. And we're doing a parenting series, and, and you're going to hear about it this morning in context to, to this, the importance of how we raise our kids and what we say to them all the time when we're with them, that we, we teach the scripture, that we put it in front of them. It's the word of God, so they don't slip in the ways of this world. Verse 19, ah, you will drive out all the enemies living in the land, just as the Lord said you would. Drive out your distractions. I mean, I was going to say, drive out your devils. There's only one devil. And if he can't defeat you, he's going to distract you. Drive out your distractions. What do you need to drive out of your life that has become an enemy to your success? Doubt, laziness, social media, substance abuse, fear, fatigue, poor health. I'm just listening a couple that came to me this morning. Do you realize that, that your body lives and moves in the land that God wants you to possess in? and believe, and be blessed in? If you are to make moves, you must first clean house, right? It's really hard to move already a full moving truck and then go into a new land and then take on possessions. Isn't that right, Matt Whiteford? If Matt shows up in his truck to help Brian move and it's already full of stuff, we've got an issue, Right? So there's probably stuff that God wants to take us into the promised land, but we're still carrying weight and we're taking, we got on all this baggage and stuff that have become enemies to us succeeding and receiving what God has for us in our life. So do you know those enemies that are your distractions that you need to do without? It could be the doubt. Get out. Deal with it. What does the word of God say? Right? Fear. Get out. What is it? Doubt, get out. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Fear, get out. God is not a God of fear. He is a God of love. Perfect love drives out all fear. We're talking reverence here. We'll get to that. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. What? You were bought for a price. You're not your own. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Before you can step into new territory, you must conquer your own. Step one, conquer your own. Verse 24, and the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so that we could continue to be blessed, so that he could bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord God has given us. You ready? The Hebrew word translated into awe in the Bible is yara. Translates into fear. Fear of the Lord. Awe. But it can also mean respect, reverence, worship. And is also connected to trembling. Yara. In today's society, there are still those that do not fear the consequences of the actions 
that they make. And in many, many cases, this is what happened with the Israelites. They gave up long-term blessing, and instead they went after short-term pleasures. More than anything, we must have reverence and, and, and tremble at the authority and the majesty of our God. We mustn't take our inheritance for granted and continue to be faithful, paying it forward. Again, obedience is never the obstacle, it's the objective. For when we are obedient to God, he turns our burdens into blessings. His battle becomes our breakthrough. And victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Psalm 3, verse 8. Our takeaway is God's instructions equal our increase. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for your word today. Thank you that it reveals the things that are in our hearts and the things that you placed in there and what you called us to. Thank you for the promise, but thank you too for your instructions to increase through the process. Lord Jesus, I pray blessings would chase these men. When they see battle, they would see blessing. When they see battle, they would see blessing. And they would know already, there's already a breakthrough. And it's your name, Jesus. It's your name. You already did it. It's already been done. That we would continue to walk forward in faith, standing on the word of God, teaching it to our children, teaching it to those who are around us, and being ready to receive faithful with what you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's 8 o'clock. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.